Sometimes, when people asked Eileen Holland if she had any brothers or sisters, she had to think for a moment. In grade school, she and her friends had played foursquare during recess, and when fights broke out in far corners of the playground, it usually turned out that the person whose face was being smashed into the blacktop was her younger brother, Louis. She and her friends would continue to bounce their ball from square to square. They were skipping rope the day Lewis fought a boy on the top tier of the old tetanus-infested jungle gym and damaged a different part of himself on each of the pipes he hit during his fall, breaking off his front teeth on level three, bruising his ribs on level two, getting a concussion by impact and whiplash on level one, and stunning his diaphragm on the asphalt. Eileen's friends ran to look at the possibly dead boy. She was left holding the jump rope and feeling as if she'd fallen and no one would help her. Eileen was a faithful and pretty image of her mother, with astonished dark eyes and pencil-thin eyebrows, a high forehead with plump cheeks and straight dark hair. She had the limbs of a willow tree, and sometimes she even swayed like one, with her eyes closed when she was so happy to be among her friends that she forgot they were there. Lewis, like his father, was less ornamental. From the age of ten onward, he wore aviator-style glasses, whose metal frames vaguely matched his hair, which was curly and the color of old brass screws, and was thinning by the time he finished high school. His father had also donated a barrel chest to his genetics, In junior high and high school, new friends of Eileen's expected to be told, No, no relation, when they asked her if Lewis Holland was her brother. To Eileen, these questions were like vaccination shots. The soothing alcohol swab that followed was her friend's avowal that her brother was not like her at all. Yeah, she agreed. We're real different. The young Hollands grew up in Evanston, Illinois in the shadow of Northwestern University, which employed their father as a history professor. Once in a while, in the afternoon, Eileen caught sight of Lewis in a booth at McDonald's, surrounded by the misfits he hung out with. Their snide menu selections, their cigarettes and pasty faces and military clothing. The negativity emanating from his booth made her feel like she couldn't wedge herself tightly enough between the elbows of her peers. She was, she told herself, very different from Lewis. But she was never entirely safe from him. Even in the middle of a jammed and laughing back seat, she would glance out a window just in time to see her brother striding along the trashy shoulder of some six-lane suburban thoroughfare, his white shirt gray with sweat, his glasses white with road glare. It always seemed that he was there for her alone to see, an apparition from that parallel private world which she herself had stopped living in when she started having friends, but which Lewis still obviously inhabited, the world where you were by yourself.